answered them, Sing ye to the Lord, for ye have triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider have he thrown into the sea. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Somebody say, found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people mumbled against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. Somebody say made sweet. And there he made for them a statue and an ordinance, and there he proved them. You may take your seats. I need you to keep your Bibles open, though, because I'm going to preach this text here today. I want to talk to you all for a little while or as the spirit leads here today from this subject matter, when life turns bitter instead of sweet. When life turns bitter instead of sweet. And there seems to be a misconception that because people are in the church and say that things are always going to be good, sweet, enjoyable and pleasant or that there will not be any difficult days in life because the Lord is on our side but you know the reality is that life is still going to be life and that is full of difficult days in fact it was in the Bible that man is born of a woman is full of trouble. The time is short. And in those short days, uh, we can anticipate and we can look for trouble. But thank God for Paul in Romans, the 8th chapter, verse 28. He teaches that all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. But it does not say that all things uh, that we endure are good. Notice the text. It says that it all works together for our good. And so we have many Christian leaders nowadays, uh, and we have to be very careful. And that's why I keep telling you all, you can't eat at everybody's table. I'm going to say it again. You can't can't eat at everybody's table because many Christian leaders, uh, they preach and teach that we are always supposed to be on top and that there is no struggle in Christ. Mm-hmm. But on the contrary, sometimes we may have to live uh, in the bitter before we get to the sweet. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We all have to go through the valley to get to the mountaintop. We must be determined to go through the valley of bitterness, the valley of depression, the valley of despair in order for us to reach the mountains of victory, joy, and happiness. God forbid that the bitter times that we experience in life leads us to mumbling and complaining instead of praying, fasting, and strengthening our devotion uh, to God. Don't you know it's doing your valley 
experiences that you ought to praise God the most. Anybody can thank him and praise him when they are on the mountaintop. But I've always encouraged the people of God, praise God while you're going through. Praise God during your sick days. Praise God during your days that you are discouraged. Praise God when you can't when you can't see your way out. If for no other reason but this, that if God, if he sees you praising him while you're going through, I could just see God, Ella Mason, saying, you know, if Ella Mason praised me in the midst of what he's going through, what would happen if I bring him out? How much more will he praise me? That That's a good time to praise God. While you were going through, I would encourage all of you to read the entire 15th chapter of the book of Exodus, because when you look at the background information uh, of our text, we are dealing with the great exodus event that's why it's exodus it means to exit this is when god uh, uh, chose to deliver the children uh, of israel and so it's the great uh, exodus event and perhaps it's the greatest event at that time uh, in human ish history that has ever that had ever taken place because the people are emotionally charged because of the great Exodus, and this is evident in the song that's that's in the very first verse. It says, "Then sang uh, Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord." Now, when I first read that text, it kind of it kind of caught me off guard because had the text started off by saying then Moses preached or then Moses taught or then uh, uh, Moses prophesied I kind of would have been you know as the leader uh, I kind of would have understood it but the text says then Moses uh, he sang you have to understand that it's the first song on record, and they didn't need Hollywood back then. It's the first song on record. You're not going to find it uh, on a CD. It's not on Pandora, nor is it uh, on any of the other channels. Then he he sang. It's a song. It's a song of salvation. It's a song of their deliverance. You see, salvation and songs are like Siamese twins that go together. You can't be saved and not feel like singing. Oh, y'all ain't ready for this today. You, when you're really saved and you're really delivered and you're really and you're really set free, sometimes God will put a song down on the inside. Did you all know? Did you all know that we all have a song that God has given us that the angels can't even sing? Oh God, I'm gonna say it again. God has given us a song that even the angels cannot sing, and that song is redeemed, redeemed. I've been, I've been redeemed. I've been washed in the blood of the crucified one. I've been uh, redeemed. Amen. That's the song that God has given to us. When you look at Moses' song, as you read that 15th chapter, you will discover, first of all, that it was a song of redemption. Everybody say a song of redemption. 
redeemed by the blood of the lamb. It's the only song of salvation and it's only found in one key. You ain't got to worry about playing it in E flat, E, D or D sharp. It's only song in, it's only in one key. And all who truly make it to heaven will sing the same song in the same key. Oh, I can't wait to get to that heavenly choir so that we can sing the song that the Lord gave us. There will be no variations in the song. There will be no alternate arrangements. You know, nowadays they take a song and they'll mess it up. How do you mess up, precious Lord? Take my hand. It's an old time hymn, but now they precious Lord. No, no, no. It's not going to be no alterations. The song is going to be sung in one key and no variations. Amen. Because it is a song. It's a song of redemption. Not only is it a song of redemption, but it is also a song of victory. Because they look back and they saw their enemies buried just as uh, our sins are in uh, the deepest sea. They looked back, they saw Pharaoh and his army. They had uh, been drowned. How many of you all know that God, uh, he has taken our sins, uh, hallelujah, thank you Jesus, uh, and the Bible said that he cast them into a sea of uh, forgetfulness and remembers them uh, no more. And so we, we, we can sing a song of victory. Paul says in 1 Corinthians the 15th chapter verse 57 but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm wondering is there anybody in here that know without a shadow of a doubt that you have the victory. Anybody have that? Don't play with me. I mean, you know that you know that in the midst of what you're going through, that you have uh, the victory. Not only was it a song of redemption and a song of victory, but it was a song of praise. And this song was sung unto the Lord. They wasn't singing trying to show off their talent in, uh, in public, nor their Skills. It was a pouring forth uh, of thankfulness because how many of you all know that God uh, alone deserves all of the glory? He deserves all uh, of the praise. He deserves all uh, of the honor. It don't have nothing to do with us. Don't ever get beside yourself. It's because of the grace of God, because uh, of the mercy of God, it's because of the faithfulness of God that we have not been consumed, that we we have not been cut off. And so it was a song of praise. Not only was it a song, I wish I had been there that day, because not only was it a song of praise, but it was a song of personal testimony. Notice, if you glance at verse number two, notice all of the minds. In other words, 
my, my, my. They, they weren't trying uh, 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 to be selfish, amen. But if you notice uh, a bunch of my's in there, what a personal thing, uh, hallelujah, a, uh, is our relationship with God. It's not just my mother's Bible or or just my daddy's Jesus or even Moses' song. It's not the God of our fathers. He is, uh, he's my God. Can I talk for a few minutes? Uh, the Lord is my shepherd. You can get jealous if you want to, and I shall not want. God is uh, my refuge, and uh, he's my strength. He's a very present help in, uh, in the time of trouble. Amen. It is my personal uh, experience, but yet it was uh, a united song. Uh, surely there had been a lot of bickering and fighting up until now, but it's amazing how great tragedy and great triumph uh, both have power to unite us together with what's really important. You may not be speaking to that sister or that brother. But how many of y'all know, let a tragedy take place. All y'all coming together. You gonna agree to you gonna agree to disagree. You going to agree to put all of your differences aside and you're gonna handle what's at hand. Well, greater St. Luke Church, can we agree to put everything aside? And what's the business at hand is that God is an awesome God, and that God's been good to all of us. Look where the Lord has brought us from. He's brought us. You ought to tell your neighbor, he brought me from a long way. Tell him, tell him I don't have time to testify while the pastor's trying to preach. But he's brought, can we, can we, can we just for a second or two come into some unison, come in, into oneness and declare that God is a good God. Somebody ought to say, yes, he is. Well, I want to talk to you because in the midst of what I'm going through, I got to declare that God, he is a good God. He never failed. He never failed me yet. He's a healer. The world don't believe it. He's a deliverer. He's my strong tower. Well, let me take a quick turn. He's my redeemer. He's my bread when I'm hungry, water when I'm thirsty. He is my every thing. It was a personal. You've got to take this. you got to take this thing personally. Don't matter whether or not the person sitting next to you want to praise him or not. I got to praise him because God's been too good. He's been too good to me. And so it was a personal. It was a song of personal testimony. Not only that, it's a song that's going to be sung on the other side. This is a song that ain't going to never become outdated. We were in choir rehearsal in the choir was saying we need to get some of those throwback songs and they got to naming these old songs uh, and I got and I had to stand up I had to tell them that y'all don't go too far back uh, into time but guess what you ain't got to worry about this song that's recorded in the 15th chapter of the book of Exodus because this song is going uh, mm -hmm, to be song on the other side I got scripture to back it up Revelations the 15th chapter verse number 3 
3, John said, and they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thy king of the saints. And so the song, not only were they singing, but did you notice something? The song is followed by the dance. I need y'all to hear me. Not only did they sing with their voices, but it caused them to move their feet. Uh, y'all got to understand something. You can't sing the Lord's song without something running up and down your spot. How can you sing? I, I, I'm just trying to figure it out now. How can you sing and not move your feet? How can you sing and and not clap your hand? How, 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 how can you sing and just be in, in outer space? I, I, I just don't I just don't understand it, Ella Mason. This song caused them to go Go into a dance. Can life get any better than this? The text says that Miriam, Aaron's sister, she said that not only am I going to sing, but I need to accompany my singing. And she picked up a tambourine and got to playing her tambourine and started dancing. You know, we as a holiness church, we used to be known for our tambourine be beaten. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. Now you go throughout a whole service. You got 10 tamarines in the back and only one person beating the tamarines. Tell your neighbor we got to get the tamarine back into the church. Yeah, we got to beat it. If you don't know how to beat it, hit it on your hip. If you ain't got no hip, hit it on the top of your head. It don't matter. We've got to get the tambourine beaten back into the church. Miriam took a tambourine and she began to dance before the Lord. And this is this is how life, this is how life is oftentimes for many of us. We move from a high point where everything appears to be going right to those moments when it looked like everything is going wrong. Have you noticed you could be on the mountaintop at 12 o'clock and 1 o'clock you could be down in the valley? Y'all ain't gonna help me. At 2 o'clock you could be floating on top of the water and 3 o'clock you feel like you're getting ready to drown. Well, what do you do in those in those moments? I, I, I need to understand you. What do you do? Do you mumble? Do you complain? Do you cry? What really, what do you do when you find yourself on the mountaintop and then all of a sudden you're down in the valley low? Tell your neighbor, say, give the pastor some time to preach. Tell him because I got a word for y'all here today. What do you do when everything is going the way you desire for it to go? But then all of a sudden, look like the bottom for and how many of y'all know it don't take but one phone call it don't take it don't take but one letter in the mail it don't take but one text it don't take uh, but one email and your whole situation uh, can change when you glance at verse 22 they found themselves uh, in a bad situation the people are on the move now they're following Moses uh, and they're following God and things appear to be going well and this is uh, it's a good move 
God through Moses is leading them to a place of no water. God is leading them. Don't miss it. Uh, they just following the man of God. They don't know where they're going. They don't even have a clue. But they're being obedient. And God is leading them into a willingness where there is no water. Willingness of sure, which means uh, it means wall. In other words, the wall was used to protect Egypt from Asia and is symbolic here as a barrier stopping them from furthering their relationship with God. And so here they are and three days go by and they have no water. Somebody say no water. No substance. They, they have no provision for three long days. They find themselves in a bad situation. How many of you all know, and I got to tell you this, that you could be under the leading of God. You could be filled with God's spirit and feel with God's power and his anointing and yet find yourself in a bad situation. I don't mean to be the bearer of bad news. Somebody, you've come to church here today and you're in a bad situation. But tell your neighbor, hold on, hold on. Because in verse number 23, now they're already in a bad situation, but then in verse 23, they go from bad to worse. How many of y'all know things always get worse before it gets better? Because they said, watch what happens. Now, here they are in the wilderness. They don't have no water. They haven't had water for three days. And all of a sudden, they look and they see some water. Mm, I know they got excited. I'm somebody probably somebody probably said he may not come when you want him, but he's always right on time. Somebody probably say the Lord is a way maker. He's a he's a door opener. Up glory be. Oh, I could just imagine they was having church after three days with no water there in the wilderness. Now all of a sudden they spot water, but then things go from bad to worse because the text in verse 23 says, and when they came to the place called Myra. They could not drink of the waters of Myra, for they were bitter. Three days without water, I find water, and I go to drink the water, and now I can't drink it. Myra means bitter, and so it's bad when there is no water, but it's worse when the only water you find is bitter and not drinkable. They could not find any other water. Now, what? are they supposed to do have you ever been in a now what am I going to do moment in your life Lord what am I going to do how do you respond in those in those moments when you've tried everything and everything seemed to fail you have to throw both hands up in the air you know sometimes God's got to get us to that place. Uh, I, I said sometimes God's got to get us to that place in order to get our attention where we have to throw both hands
hands. Up in the air, say, Lord, what am I going to do? But when you glance at verse number 24, can I preach the text? Notice the response of the people. The Bible said that the people began to mumble. They began to grumble. They began to complain. Isn't it amazing that they direct their anger toward God and Moses? People always take uh-huh, their frustrations toward God and towards uh, uh, God's people. Have you ever responded like the people did uh, in Moses' day? When something goes wrong, you're always blaming somebody else. Uh, you broke and you blaming somebody else. Nobody told you to go get all those credit cards. Nobody told you to go buy that Bentley. Nobody told y'all ain't gonna help me. Nobody told you to go buy that $2 million house. You just wanted a $2 million house. And then all of a sudden when things go away, you want to blame somebody else with these folk who was following after Moses. Isn't it amazing? God, I don't want to preach too long, but isn't it amazing how you follow the man of God up until a certain point and then when it just looked like trouble is on the horizon all of a sudden obviously he wasn't led by God the devil is a liar you got to stick that thing all the way through God was trying to teach them something in the midst of their willingness experience and so when you go through something why don't you change your attitude and why don't you say, God, what are you trying to teach me about you in the midst of what I'm going through? God, there must be a lesson why I'm sick. There must be a lesson. While it seems like I'm troubled on every side, there's got to be a lesson that you want me to learn about you, God. Whatever you do, wherever you go, don't mumber and don't complain because God is simply trying to teach us a lesson. Well, there Moses was the pastor of the church out in the wilderness. And now they're complaining to Moses. They're complaining to him. But look at verse number 25. Look at verse 25. Notice the response of Moses. He did not join in their complaining. Well, I got to park for about five seconds here and let y'all know something. When God has invested leadership into you. You're the last person that need to be complaining. Y'all ain't going to talk back here to me. Listen, I don't care what, what, come on here, the choir president can't come to choir rehearsal. Always complaining and always mumbling and always grumbling. The usher boy president can't always be complaining and folk, we got that barrier down the center aisle. They crawl up underneath it and, and go get, no, you cannot complain. Wow. You are in a leadership position. Wow. Why? Because you got some folk. Oh, y'all ain't going to help, man. You got some folk that's following you. And if you're mumbling and complaining and acting like you don't know what you're going to do, that's the spirit 
spirit that you put in the atmosphere. Every husband, oh God, I'm going to take my time and preach. I ain't in no hurry. Every husband that's up in here, God giving you, us the responsibility to be a support to our wives, take care of our wives, take care of our family. You can't look like you nervous. Y'all ain't going to help me here. There's been time in my marriage that I didn't know what I was going to do, but when Sister Teresa came around, Brother Corey, I act like I had it all under control because ain't no need of me worrying and her worrying, Gary Jr. start worrying, Michael, big whiner worrying. It just wasn't no need, so I had to act like I had it all together. Why? Because I'm the priest of my home. What would you do if every time I got up here, I just complain and murmur about what the members ain't doing, how low the offering has been, and this, that, and the other. Well, God help me, Holy Ghost. As leaders, we got to keep a positive attitude. How you doing today? Everybody know you sick. You ain't got to keep telling us you sick. Why don't you just start declaring your healing? You ain't the only person tired. Y'all ain't gonna help me. You, oh, y'all ain't ready for no preaching up in here today. My God, your head ain't the only head hurting. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. Your feet ain't the only feet that's swollen. Come on, how you doing? I'm blessed. He woke me up this morning. He blessed me with the activities of my limb. He kept me alive. And so Moses understood. Let me move on lest I preach too long. Moses understood that he could not join into the complaining. He did the only thing that he could do, and that was to pray. How many of y'all know sometimes the only thing you can do is pray. Some of y'all facing a situation and your situation, I'm going to say it, would have been a whole lot better by now if you had kept your mouth shut and just took your burden to the Lord. Y'all ain't going to help me. Some of y'all said the wrong thing. That's why you're in the predicament that you're in because you felt that you could fix it by yourself. All I got to do is make a phone call because I know who could help me. No. Have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your trust. He'll hear your fainted cry. He'll answer by and by. He told Jeremiah, call on me. I will. I'm going to feel like preaching up in here in a minute. Call on me. I'll answer you. Not only will I answer you, I'm going to show you great and marvelous things. Keep your mouth shut. Look at your name and say, keep your mouth shut. You've been wanting to tell them, just don't do it with an attitude. Tell them, keep your mouth shut. Let God handle what you can't handle. When you put your hand in it, you mess it up. Men ought to always pray and never faint. How many of y'all know prayer changes things? It might not change your situation, but he'll change your attitude towards your situation. In the midst of what you're going through, he'll cause you to declare hallelujah anyhow. I'm not going to let my troubles Ah, get me down when my troubles come my way. I'm going to lift my head up high and say hallelujah. Anyhow, hallelujah. Pray instead of complaining. Pray for that no good husband. Pray. Uh, come on, pray for that wife. Pray. 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 If she won't cook, pray. God, please help her cook. Help her cook. Help her cook. Help her cook. Help her cook, God. Don't say nothing to it. Just God, please help her cook. And I promise you, one day you'll find 
honey in the kitchen. You'll smell the bacon and the eggs. If you just continue to pray, 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 pray. God, pray. Pray for that husband that's lazy. Pray. God, he's lazy. He need a job. Pray, y'all. And see, he'll be searching the newspaper and you'll come in the house. He'll close the newspaper because he don't want you to know what he's doing. But your prayers are working. The Bible says, the Bible says that he began to pray and the solution because he prayed was provided by God and not by Moses. I don't want you to miss this because some of y'all is looking to the wrong person to give you your blessing. You better look to God. Yes, God will use us. He'll cause us to assist him, but it's not us. It's God. If you're healed, it's not the doctor, but it's God. Come on here. If you got some money from a bank, it's not the president of the bank, but it's God. You still on your job and you should have been fired long time ago. It ain't your boss. Come on here, but it's, somebody ought to say it's God. Uh, hey, the solution is provided by God and not by Moses. Well, what was the solution? It was a tree. Somebody ought to say a tree. God moves in mysterious ways. His wonders to perform. How many of y'all know that salvation is in the tree? Don't miss it. Salvation is in the tree. And I see three trees in, 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 in the Bible. Hallelujah. The first tree, guess where that was? It was in the Garden of Eden where sin entered into this world. It was the forbidden tree, but thank God that it is not the only tree in the Bible. Had it been the only tree in the Bible, once Adam, once he disobeyed God, all of us would be on our way to eternal hell and damnation. Somebody say, thank God it was the first tree. Uh, but then I see the second tree. I see the second tree. Uh, and the second tree is in our text. It's right here. Uh, it's in our text, in the wilderness. And guess what? Uh, it was just a foreshadowing of things to come, uh, of how the sin problem would be taken care of uh -huh, with a tree. Uh, he speaks to Moses and says, Moses, you see that tree over there? Uh, you go take that tree and you put that tree over into the bitter water. And the text says that when Moses put the tree in the bitter water, the water became sweet. Now y'all theologians, don't try to figure out how it happened. I ain't got time to try to exegete what was in the tree, the sap, and that was in the tree that caused the water to become sweet. I don't know all of that. And I could care less about it. All I know is that Moses was obedient to God and he took the tree and put it in the water and bitter water became sweet. How many of y'all know that God can take your bitter situation 
And when he gets through, he'll make it sweet. But oh, elevation, I see a third tree. And I'm just wondering, did anybody know what tree that just might be? I see a tree that's on a lonely hill. Uh-huh, that's called the Calvary. And First Peter 2.24 says that he bore our sins on that tree. And now we can live unto righteousness by whom stripes we're healed. He was wounded for my transgression. He was, uh, he was bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of uh, our peace was upon him and with his stripes. Uh, somebody you ought to grab that out of the air and say, I am healed. Uh, I'm healed emotionally. I'm healed spiritually. Uh, I am healed. Every area of my life, uh, I am healed uh, because of the tree that was on Calvary. Uh, you see, this tree represents the healing of the soul. Uh, you see, God showed us the gift of salvation on the tree. Uh, but Moses had to act in order to see it. Uh, Moses had to cast the tree into the bitter water. He did not go into the water. Just the tree went in the water. We have to cast the tree into the bitter waters of our lives. We must put the tree which is the gospel message, which is Jesus and the cross into the bitterness of our lives. And let Jesus make you sweet all over again. I've never seen the life of so many bitter, unsweetened saints. You're bitter about everything. But I dare you to take that tree and put it in your situation. We used to sing a song that after cross at the cross where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart it was rolled away and it was there by faith I ain't gonna preach too hard here today that I received my sight and now Am I happy all of the day? Can I tell somebody when Jesus mixes with the bitterness of your life, he'll make it sweet again. Somebody, you come to church today. You need to mix Jesus in your home. You need to mix Jesus on your job. You need to mix Jesus in your finances. Tell your neighbor, put Jesus in all of your life. Hey, 
day storm clouds may rise stormy winds may blow but I'll tell the world wherever I go I found I found a savior and he's sweet I know tell your neighbor I found a savior and he's sweet I know he's sweeter than honey that's in the honeycomb he gets sweeter as the day go by let me close but look at verse 27 I see the response of God the Bible says that when they come to Elam not only did it take one well and make it sweet again but God led them to a place called Elam and when they got there somebody say there was 12 wells don't tell me what God won't do when you are obedient to the almighty God he will take your one bit of well and turn it around and give you 12 more well you ought to tell your neighbor that God we multiply what you have if you're obedient God will give you more strength God will give you more power tell your neighbor hold on I'm closing now God is getting ready to do it when your life turns bitter instead of sweet let God take you from bitter to sweetness and when God takes you from bitter to sweetness he'll cause it to overflow tell your neighbor I'm looking for the overflow tell somebody else I'm looking for the overflow hey believe on me believe on me as the scripture has said it out of your belly out of your belly shall flow somebody say flow flow rivers of living waters you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers tell your neighbor I'm a planted tree tell him I'm a planted tree a planted tree is a wanted tree a planted tree is a nurture tree a planted tree is a blessed tree tell your neighbor I've been planted 
Hey! I've been planted. I need a tambourine. I've been planted by the rivers of waters. I got a song. I've got a song. The Lord will make a way somehow. I've got a song. I've got a song. I crossed over my Red Sea through many dangers, toils, and snares. I have. Tell your neighbor, I have already come. Grace, grace has brought me safe this far. Grace, ah, grace will lead me on. I don't have nothing to cry about. I don't have nothing to mumble about. I don't have nothing to complain about. Oh! All I need is my tambourine. All I need is my praise. All I need is my dance. I have I have victory. I dare you to shout Victory, victory over my finances, victory over my enemy, victory over my health, victory. Victory! 
You getting ready to get double for all your trouble. You ain't been through what you've been through for nothing. Somebody ought to shout, the devil is a liar. We got to go. But shout, the devil is a liar. Wait a minute. Stomp your feet and say, the devil is a liar. Woo. Uh, somebody going to pick it up in a minute. Stomp.